Hello, everybody. Welcome to Professional Humans. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, I'm Ellie Rader. I'm your host. I'm here with Jenna Alden, also your host. What up? And our guests here today are Mark Hines and Robert Nelson. I'm super excited because we uh, haven't had real life human guests on the show since 2020 um and so we're bringing uh bringing professional humans back um bringing back a, a line of questioning uh for people that are you know changing their businesses and changing their professions post pandemic and exploring what that's like uh not sure if the pandemic had anything to do with your decisions to start a business or not but uh, curious. Anyway, uh, we'll just dive right in. So first of all, maybe Robert, could you um, just talk briefly about the business that you started this year and, you know, what it's called and what it does? Yeah. yeah so I started a custom software agency called Soto Digital, um, which we just call Soto. Uh, and Basically, what we do is we build custom software for clients. Um, we A lot of them are startups. Some of them are small, medium-sized businesses. Um, but we really build custom software. We don't customize things. We we really sit down in front of like a blank whiteboard and help them design something. So, um, you know, it's everything from mobile applications to web applications to like back-end software that you'll never actually see happening, but it does cool stuff. So, um so we have design, engineering, strategy, everything in-house. And um, and yeah, so that's that's what Soto is. That's awesome. And you started it in the spring, right? Spring of this April, year? April, yeah. So I left April. my last So winter. And, yeah. It's my Minnesota, last, so that's winter. <laughs> yeah, I, I left my last company at the very, very beginning of February. And then I went skiing. I went snowboarding. And I said that when there was, when the when the hill got too sloppy, I was going to come back to the real world and do something with my life and become an, a, a functional adult again. So that was April, right around April 1st. Nice. But this is like the eighth time you've become a functional adult. Yes, it's well. So I did a lot of startups in the 90s and 2000s. So um, which, you know, back then, you know, you'd spin up a startup and then six months later, it would get bought out or go out of business or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've started I've started a quite a few businesses over the years. Just just so you know, that doesn't just happen to regular people. Well, <laughs> You're making it sound like like this thing that just happens. Well, <laughs> if you could write software in the mid-90s, it was not okay. a super abnormal thing to do. It wasn't okay. the weirdest thing in the world, yeah. Okay. And uh, Mark Hines, over to you. When did you start your business and, and what is it? Yeah, officially started, gosh, what, three weeks ago? Um, so I, I started a company called Gray Cardigan. It's an independent consulting company. Um, I work with, uh, other professional services firms to kind of help them shore up their operations and growth strategies to make sure that they can get to a repeatable, sustainable, predictable kind of operation. Cool. And how long have you wanted to come on the professional humans podcast? Uh, Wanted is a strong word. Uh, <laughs> I avoided it for many years, I think successfully, but here I am. Here I am. Well, we never, but I'm thrilled to be here. I mean, to be fair, I never invited you, but it's because I knew you wouldn't say yes. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. To yeah. be fair. Yeah. But, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. 
You've been a long time supporter, so thank you. It's true. Good. I really have. Uh, I think I've listened to every episode uh, through the catalog. So yeah, I'm a fan. That's a lot. That's uh, if you listened once a week, that's a whole year. Yeah, that's Sex. true. Yeah, yep. I did. I did all that. Um. All right. So, and Jenna, don't let me hog all the questions. But let's start kind of high level. Um, and either of you can can go first. Um, what did you see as the, a need in the market, or you know what what was out there that caused you to go? This is the right time for me to jump in and solve this problem. Uh, I could start. Um, well, I think timing is funny, right? Because I think uh, what I'm trying to do with Great Cardigan is kind of an ongoing, constant need. You know, in general, uh, people get into professional services. And I, when I say that, I mean like agencies, digital studios, consultancies. Um, it's usually because they have some expertise and they want to try to to build a business out of it. And um, And oftentimes that expertise, uh, you know, it comes from a place of craftsmanship, uh, in the marketing or technology world. And, uh, the experience of running a professional services business and doing it successfully, potentially even to, to, even to the point where it gets acquired, um, there's some nuances on that path. Right. And that's not any different today than it was five years ago. Um, so the market, I don't think has necessarily done anything differently that caused me to say now is the time um, with a couple exceptions that I'll get into. But I think for me, it was really about my kind of life stage, right? The the spot that I got to in my life with my career, with my personal life, with the kind of what I wanted out of my career and out of the remainder of my career uh, before I retire at some point, uh, it was really the right time for me personally. And then I looked at the market and said, is it, you know, is that is there a good reason for me to start today? Does the expertise that I have, does it apply? Uh, will it continue to apply to that, to the world that I want to help? Um, and can I make a go of it? Uh, and it, that it was really as simple as that. It was lesser about a scientific analysis of the market and more about, uh, am I ready to do this? Is now the right time for me personally? And are you glad you did? I'm very glad I did. Three weeks it's, later. Yeah, three three weeks in, I can uh, happily say that I made the right choice so far. Uh, I've certainly had some of those moments, though, where it's like, holy shit, I am out of the frying pan into the fire. <laughs> like, uh, I've been responsible for business development and sales for a long time. That's nothing new. But, uh, you know, not having others to support uh, me in that endeavor, you know, eating what I kill directly to use a really vulgar analogy. Um, those things are, you know, at, at times, usually about two 30 in the morning, those things come right in your face and you're like, Oh my God, I have to, I have to sell so that I have revenue so I can cover expenses. Right. It's that, it's that kind of environment that you, you think about. And, you know, luckily um, things are going okay on that front so far. I've got some clients already and I'm, I'm off to a good start, but yeah, there's, I've definitely had some of those moments where like, oh my God, I've got a lot of work to do. What am I doing? Sleeping. I got to get up and go do it. Uh, can we just clarify that it is out of scope in your business to kill your clients? That is a very good point. Thank you for clarifying. I, I'm, just just an analogy I'm listen, a peaceful, yeah, <laughs> I'm a peaceful person. I swear. Nice. 
You'd have um, to be really good at sales if you killed yeah, your clients. So totally. really, really good. Yeah. yeah. To keep your yep. business afloat. Talk about a churn and burn shop, right? Um, Robert, what about you? Um, what it's been what seven ish months? Yeah, it's been yeah something like seven eight months. So I yeah. think um, like Mark, uh, my reason for starting a business had a lot to do with where I am with my life personally. Um, I was my last company was a design agency, which I loved and it was awesome and it was just a great experience and I loved that crew. Um, but I wasn't super happy with what my role in that business was anymore. And I kind of missed getting my hands dirty. You know, I kind of became leadership and dealt with a lot of legal stuff and, you know, HR things and whatever. And I, I kind of missed that. Um, so I was ready for a change, you know? And, and mm -hmm. so, so that, that was really the reason why I restarted another business. The type of business I started though, really was about the market, which is, um, like right around the time I was leaving Foundry, which was my last company, um, AI was starting to become something that people were talking about. Um, extended reality stuff was becoming something that was becoming more sort of a, a louder thing in my ear or something that I was playing around with a lot more. There's just, there was so much like super technical things out there. Um, and so kind of the reason why I started Soto was really my sort of thought of a lot of companies are really going to need a lot of help trying to figure out all of this tech that just every single year becomes faster and faster and bigger and bigger and so much more difficult to understand. And like every year you think, oh, this is, this is as far as we're, you know, we're not going to be able to speed this up anymore. And then all of a sudden AI comes out and turns everything on its ear. So, so kind of my thought was, I love tech. I've been, I've been, programming since you know for 27 years um and i like helping people and i like living you know i like the life of an agency you know the that sort of relationship so um so in that way like i said the timing of it was me the the actual idea of it was really what i thought the world needed at the moment and and a little bit different from mark you brought two partners in right yes. off the bat right soon to be three hopefully yeah. Oh, cool. And yeah. are were you? Did you have to convince them also that um, it was the right time, or were they pretty amenable to it? So the so I have so I have one person that's handling engineering, one person that's doing sales, and then I'm in the process of bringing on a partner to be responsible for design and creative. And um, all of them I've known for many years. Um, all of them we've talked about working together in the past. Um, so no, I didn't really have to sell anyone. Um, although I will say, I think I'm the only one. Yeah, I'm the only one out of the four of us that has ever started a business before. So I think they um, were kind of nervous about it and probably, you know, like maybe put a lot of trust in me, which is a lot to think about. But um, uh but no, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, it was a lot of conversation about what our what our dreams are, because, you know, you start a business with other people, you really have to have a shared understanding of what the future holds for you. I mean, granted, all of our dreams are, you know, throw them away at six months from now because, you know, everything changes. But um, you still all have to sort of be looking at the same North Star at the beginning. Yeah. How did you name the company? 
<laughs> well, I wish I had a really cool thing. So I've been learning Japanese for a bunch of years. And Soto is a Japanese word. It just means outside. And I just liked the word. I thought it was easy to understand. I There wasn't a company named Soto that I could find um, in America. Like it's just, a, well, I'm sure there are a few, but like it just seemed like a unique word. And and yeah. to be honest, like I come from, like I said, a design background. So I could kind of close my eyes and imagine the branding. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you do have, I did get a sticker from Carrie. Oh, sure. Uh, it was uh, within moments of meeting her, she gave me a sparkly sticker and I was delighted. Mark yeah. also has a sticker. So I'm, it's true. I'm very proud, proud of you guys for, um, you know, getting on that sticker program. Mark, how did you name your company? Uh, I mean, very similar to what Robert said. I like the name gray cardigan. I have a lot of gray cardigans in my wardrobe. Gray is my color. Um, it was you know, as simple as that, uh, I've, uh, reverse engineered some meaning into it, which I think is usually <laughs> how things work. Um, you know, f- for my clients, what I'm really seeking to be is dependable, uh, and kind of practical and, um, you know, uh, wise to a certain extent. Uh, and I think, you know, hopefully gray cardigan exudes that from a branding perspective. So yeah, not, not super scientific either, but with elbow pads or without? Uh, cardigan, I probably wouldn't go elbow pads. It would probably okay. be more like a shawl collar. Uh, Got it. Uh, sweater for me on an elbow pad, but I'm not opposed to okay. it. I okay. Can, Is a shawl collar or not a cardigan? You can have both. You know, it's. Uh, I I didn't know this was a sweater podcast, but I'm I'm certain <laughs> that we could talk about that all day. Like, That's great. I feel like there's a Venn diagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You're Brewing totally here. Right. You're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. Jenna, what are you dying to know? Yeah. So I, uh, I'm a super planner, um, and a risk mitigator. So one of the first questions I had was, what are you doing for health insurance? (laughs) Mark's on my health insurance. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, (laughs) it's, it's pretty easy. Uh, my lovely wife has a pretty good plan that I can co-opt. So that's that's simple. Excellent. Okay. Robert, how about you? Yeah, I just have like over the counter health insurance. Carrie is married, so she's on her husband's. Um okay. Nick is not married, so he has over the counter also. So like this is the nice thing about Minsure is you can actually go out and get like insurance that's not totally insane. But it is annoying and and it's definitely like when you're starting off a cost that no one wants to pay for like group insurance, especially when you're small is, is kind of a ridiculous expense. So yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely one of the s- most annoying financial things to deal with in that first year or two. Yeah. I mean, there's so many expenses that just kind of come creeping out, right? What has been, there's, it's, Oh, I need a zoom account and I need a CRM and I need, you know, uh, an accountant and somebody to do my taxes. So what has been the most surprising, I guess, thing that you're like, oh shit, I gotta. Hmm, I'm trying to think if there's any anything that falls into that category. Is there any uh, big thing, or is it like death by a thousand paper cuts? Just, I that, I was just gonna say that, Jenna. Yeah, okay. I think if I if I would, I haven't yet quite gotten to the point of having like a 
real accounting software, but if I did and I added up all the money that I've spent in coffees in the last uh, six to eight weeks, I, I think I would be surprised about that number for sure. Aren't you supposed to be keeping your receipts? Uh, I have them all. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I have them all. I don't, um, I don't think you do. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it is a little bit like, oh, wow, I have to pay for that too, right? I mean, obviously, you know, software subscriptions, uh, platform subscriptions. Computers. Computers. I mean, everything just like it's, yeah, there's a lot. And it really, what you start to think and realize is like, wow, I'm really lucky that I can, I can, you know, I've got health insurance, for instance, um, that I can, you know, re really cost effectively get into and and not have to worry too much about it. Really having some of these um, things set up are really incredible uh, assets as you're starting a business, right? Because otherwise, you know, having to go raise money to, you know, think about like insurance, that's a little intimidating. Uh, so very thankful and grateful that we have that ability. So I, I guess continuing down the thread, a little bit of the planning, like the business readiness or just the, the financial readiness, how long or how in depth did you go into thinking about what it might cost, how long, you know, you could wait like a month by month kind of financial growth. Did you get really granular and detailed before you made the leap to your own business or was it more um, kind of a general idea and a, we'll figure this out as I go and get specific and kind of calibrate as needed depended, depending on how things go. Yeah, I can kind of, I can answer that. So um, for me at least, so this was my third agency that I've started. So this is, this sounds so nerdy. I have a, I have a spreadsheet that has basically nine years of a dream, a quarter by quarter of what I would expect a decent normal growth plan for an agency in Minneapolis, in my experience, what it would look like. Um, and then I, I usually do like two to three quarters like more detailed, like what I actually expect and adjusted for what's actually happening. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I planned it out mostly because I, I, I did want to think about what this looked like over the course of a period of time, because I'm like this, this most likely will be my last company that I do. And so I, I wanted to like have some feel for what it meant when I like set down my computer and walked away from the world. What, what what I'd be leaving um so but like all plans you know it's it's they're just plans they don't really it's not really reality but um but it is worked right. out to like what expenses and revenue and and headcount and insurance or uh, taxes and all that would look like that is pretty like, nerdy I'm not um I'm not convinced that this is the last company you're gonna start yeah well <laughs> I don't know I yeah sounds like it's kind of a habit yeah. <laughs> i've heard it people say bit, that yeah. before <laughs> go ahead mark well uh i think my level of planning is very similar well similar but i don't have the nine year nine years of experience uh starting a company and running i do have a lot of experience helping other people run services companies so i had a some idea you know down the road what this could look like what i did um with ellie's help a lot of it was number one looked at what kind of runway I have, you know, I've worked in and around a lot of digital startups 
And, you know, thinking about the war chest, how long till you run out of, of money is a key question in that world. And I, so I knew that I needed uh, some runway in that way. The second thing we looked at was just our expense management. Uh, you know, how, how small can we make our expenses so that we can keep, you know, building this business as long as we can without, um, you know, having to bail and go get a, a regular job. Um, and the third thing that I did probably most is model out a bunch of different, you know, parts of the business. What if I did, you know, there are three things that I'm offering as an independent consultant. One is an advisory kind of on a subscription basis. Another is projects Well, I'll come in and help you, you know, solve a specific problem. And the third is like interim or fractional leadership. And I did a lot of modeling. What if I did eight subscriptions uh, a year and four projects and two interim, like I did a lot of that math and I just kind of did a probability kind of look at it and said, do I think I can, do I think that mix is probable or do I think that's really unlikely that I would be able to manage it like that? And if I did get to the probable version of that, is that enough? Um, both in the short term and what if that was only ever what the business was? What if it never got beyond that? Is that enough for me to, to not take a full-time job somewhere? And so, you know, that, that was what it was. I think I'm somewhere in the middle of, you know, between a a planner like you, Jenna, because I know you pretty well, and somebody who just kind of starts willy-nilly. I, I, I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, I, you know, I do my own version of planning, which uh, to planners probably feels like I'm shooting from the hip. <laughs> but <laughs> for some people that from other people I know, they're like, wow, why why are you spending so much time on that? Let's just go. Let's move. We can, I think we can visualize who's who in that <laughs> mix of people. Yeah. Go ahead, Jenna. Yeah. Speaking of clients, one of my other big questions was like, how, how, how do you client <laughs> if you're starting from zero? Um, what does that look like? I mean, how do you get clients or how do you support them? Uh, how do you but... get clients? How do you think about even who you should talk to and then find those people and then talk to them and then... How do you tell them, like, how have you figured out what you're going to offer? So, I, I mean, clients question mark is probably the best <laughs> synthesis of, sure. of my question. <laughs> so I, I had a client, I had a client right away. And I think to me, that's really, really super important. I think if you're going to like start a business, starting with zero clients, it, it that sounds just impossibly difficult to me. So I started with a client. Um, how? What's that? <laughs> how? how how did how did you how it was did a you start with one it was a company that i've known for a really long time and that um trusted me to to take on some work and and so so yeah day one i had a, a paying client um and then i over the years just because of um just because of having had a lot of agencies and stuff. Um, I just have a really big network. So when I got back into town on the beginning of April, I literally had three or four coffees a day for like two months. And I just said the word Soto to every single human being that would listen to me. And I gave out a lot of stickers, which also uh, people love stickers. Yeah. I love stickers. My laptop is covered on them. Um, mm -hmm. Uh. But yeah, I mean, my first thing, I really care, cared about the brand. So I, I actually did seed the company with some personal money. And a lot of that money went into hiring a designer to do the branding work, which I actually really cared about. Um, 
I don't think that's probably something everyone should do. It's it's a lot of money right up front, but it's something that I cared about. Um, but yeah, I mean, that first, your first year or two is just, all it is, is talking to as many human beings as, as possible, trying to get as much work as possible, because just, you know, work begets work. Um, and I think, you know, for now, since, and this was a reason why I brought on a couple of partners too, is um, I'm spending all my time talking to people. I would love to sit down and actually code and make stuff, but Nick does that now. And he's, and to him, like, he just wants his headphones on. He wants to work as much as possible. And so it frees me up to do sales. And eventually when we're busy enough, then I can switch back away from sales, which is not my favorite thing to do. Um, right. But and, you started this company to be able to do the coding. Yeah. I mean, I guess at this point in my career, I started it to help people make digital products basically whether, yeah. and you know, so that means a lot of probably like product strategy and helping yeah. out here and there. The amount of code I lay, I don't know. Nick, when I send code, when I send pull requests of code, Nick kind of rolls his eyes at this point, <laughs> but I can still do it, but it's not. Yeah, it's it's probably not where I'm most valuable. Nice. Follow up question. Um, you mentioned you started with a client. I'm curious. Did your idea for the company and the direction you wanted to go come first? And then you had those conversations until you found a client and then you use that as kind of the, the catalyst to make the move? Or did you get in conversation with somebody and then think, this could be my next agency? That's a really great question. And I think, I think a little bit of both, actually. So I had a, I had a kind of a vision of what I wanted to do. And I knew somebody that needed help. And I went to their, I had to go talk to their board of directors because it was a big expense for them um, and kind of explained, this is what I want to, this is what my, I want my agency to be. This is what the needs that you have. And here's what the overlap is. I think the truth is, you know, over the course of time, you know, who you are as a business changes. And a lot of that is, is because of, who your clients are and what your projects are and who you hire and all that. So like, I have a dream of what it is, but it's probably not going to be what the same thing that Soto is five years from now. So, um, so really at least at first, I think, you know, being super picky about this client being a perfect fit for your dream is, is probably not a great approach. Not one I would take. It would definitely be more like I can get a client as long as it doesn't fall far outside of what I want to do. Um, you know, like we won't do um, like placing people in like a full-time equivalent, you know, uh, staff augmentation thing. We do projects. And so as long as, yeah. as long as it's a project, as long as it's technical, as long as there's some design to it, um, we'd probably take it. See how but there's it amount, a certain amount of like, you have to diverge in what you're willing to do, what you're, what, what kind of work you're willing to take, but only diverge so far, there's parameters. And then start to, then at some point you start to refine it, right? You start to understand what's the most profitable and what's the easiest to sell. And hundred percent, you, you have yeah. to be true to yourself, but also the market has to dictate where you're going, right? Yeah. If you're selling something and you can't find buyers for it, that's not the buyer's fault, right? That's like you're obviously- <laughs> Yeah, you're obviously selling something that people don't want, or you're selling to the wrong people, or whatever. You're so you not you do. Selling. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. It's actually not a business. Yes. You're, you're pitching yeah. Yeah. a lot. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's let's go to Mark for a sec. So, you know, I've had this vantage point of of being pretty close to watching these start this thing up and 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 I know our listeners are wondering because I, I know that we have listeners that are considering whether it's time for them to start their own thing. How do you decide how much to charge? Uh, I, th- I mean, I had an idea that I started uh, yeah. with. And by the way, I don't know if, if, I don't know how many listeners you have that don't know us that were a couple, but we didn't really, you know, set the stage on that earlier. So they probably all figured it out by now. But... Oh yeah. Robert, do you know? I know Jenna knows because she was at the wedding, but Robert, did you know that Mark and I are married? <laughs> I figured that out pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point it's going to be very clear. I think when one of you said the other person's downstairs, yeah, I was oh, like, oh yeah. yeah, okay. And he's not um, on my health insurance through the podcast because this podcast yeah, doesn't podcast make any doesn't money. Actually, that'd be amazing. Um, it would be amazing. So your your question was how how do you decide what to charge? Um, I think there. are there's the reality of what, what to charge. And then there's what you want. It's a little, it's a lot like what Robert just said about what the, what your company does. You know, there's an idea of what you should be able to get. And then there's the reality of people saying yes to something. Right. So, um, I did a, a, you know, no surprise, a couple math problems. And I said, what, what is my, what was my rate before I was in consulting for the last four years? Um, what was that rate as an input? Um, and then I said, well, what do I want to make a year? And what is that divided by the number of hours that I want to be billable over the, over the course of the year? That's another input, but times, probably times two for taxes. Yeah. Yep. There's definitely some overhead built into that. Um, and then, you know, that's an input, uh, that's definitely not what the end kind of rate I will charge. And hopefully I don't charge a rate. I'd like to get closer to something, you know, if it's valuable, I sell it based on the price, based on the value. If I can get there, maybe. Um, but then, you know, the other thing I did, uh, you know, even before I started officially three weeks ago, was I talked to about 45 different people in my target market. Um, and I talked about the problems that I saw, that, you know, in the market. I asked about if they were having those problems, what other things did they see? I asked about, you know, how they tried to solve those problems. And then I threw out a bunch of different ideas on ways that I could help solve them and for, for how much money. Um, so I did a lot of what you'd really consider as price testing, um, during, mm-hmm. in those conversations. And I got a, some like, Oh yeah, that's a lot. I'm not sure it's, you know, a services company of, you know, 30 people could afford that. And then I got some others like, Oh, you got to double or triple that price. Right. Um, so, you know, it, that's all the cheap conversations, so to speak, that, you know, it really matters and only matters when you put a, a proposal in front, uh, in front of someone and they say, yeah, I want to buy that. And then they sign the contract. So, um, yeah. you know, it's just all test and learn. You know, I think um, Jenna, Ellie and I all came from go-kart where, you know, we kind of um, taught our clients how to drive a hypothesis driven digital product. And that's really what this is. It's just, you know, I think this might be true. Uh, I'm going to go get smart. I'm going to talk to my end user or end customer, and I'm going to try things and see what happens. And that's, uh, I've really 
I've gone through so many of those cycles in the last uh, six, eight, 12 weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. A lot of coffee. So I'm hearing that when you start a business, there's a danger of drinking too much coffee. I think that's probably that's a, true. That's, yeah. That's a risk. yeah. At least in the services business, like Robert and I are in, I think maybe if you're a digital product, there's probably the risk of having to like buy a lot of digital media and you don't have as many coffees. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. I think that you learn to drink decaf Americanos yeah. right. <laughs> be- because drinking too much caffeine or too many like super sugary. like high, high sugary drinks is, yeah, you got to be real careful when you're doing four coffees a day. Yeah, yeah, totally. you drink a lot of and decaf americanos. If you're yeah. like me and you can't, if you drink a, co- a caffeinated coffee after eleven, you're up all night. So my afternoon coffees are always decaf or sparkling waters. Totally right. Yeah, nice. Well, well oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask on the, on a client front. Um, did you start by talking with people that you felt were your target market, or did you talk to people that you thought? that you already knew that could then maybe introduce you to people who are your target market or something totally different? You know, a lot like what Robert said, I've got a pretty sizable network um, in Minneapolis uh, and a little bit across the country, but lots of Minneapolis. I worked at in advertising um, in Minneapolis for many years, and there's a lot of big and small agencies in this community. Um, so I've got a huge network in that area. Then I worked in a, a couple of digital shops that service those agencies and uh, enterprise clients. So I started with people that were in my network that I thought were target in the market that I wanted to serve as well. So I had the benefit of being really tightly connected. Um, but if I hadn't, that's exactly what I would have done. I would have said, who do I know that knows those people and how do I network my way through that um, to understand it? And really... Uh, it's always the same impact, right? I talk to one person, if I explain myself well, or if they, you know, connect with it in some way, they go, oh, actually, here's another person you should talk to. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons you end up going from, you know, two coffees a day to four to 20 coffees a week is really, um, you know, if you, if you, once you get your message, once you get, you know, your value communicated pretty well, then it's really easy for somebody to go, oh, well, you need to talk to this person. I'm not the right person to talk to, but I know somebody who is. That's that's when I think the at least in the early stages, it's it's been helpful. That's a great point. You really need to have that that concise synthesis of here's what I think the need is, here's how I think I can help solve it, and here are the outcomes that I think we could arrive at together. And like you said, it, that that helps it go further, farther, um, and that's really something that people couldn't do in advance is get that message together, try it on on people, iterate, but you're right that that's something that before you go out and have all the conversations, that's that's critical to the success of those conversations. And that's where I'd say just try it first, right? Like the very first conversation I had outside of Ellie was um, somebody who ran an agency and I said, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Right? Like, and I described it a certain way and I just tried. Um and I tried a couple different things in that conversation and finally found something that that person was like, yeah, that might, that might work. I, I might be interested in that. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to add that nice. to my menu, right? That's part of my business. Um, yeah. So it's, 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 system, it's systematic and scientific in that um, you just go through the process and you collect what works and you disregard what doesn't. And the better, faster I can do that, I feel like the, the 
better, faster, I'll get to a, a sustainable business for myself. It's it's scientific, but it's also an art, right? I mean, you you both have a ton of experience in pitching work. Yeah, can I just uh, just to add on to that? Um, I think, and Mark, you kind of said that you do this, but I very specifically do a retrospective when I'm done talking to people and say this yeah. worked, this didn't work. If I'm with Carrie, if Carrie and I are pitching together, we'll sit down for five or ten minutes afterwards and say hey, when you mentioned this, they didn't seem to enjoy that phrase at all, or they seem <laughs> to bite on this or whatever. And, you know, I think that's really important. You need to, you need to get, it's a skill, like you said, it's a skill like anything else. So yeah, you, you need to improve, consciously improve it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally we've right. done that as well. Yeah. I also think asking people you talk to for direct feedback is super helpful. I, I remember I was having a conversation with somebody and I was describing kind of credibility, why I believe I was credible to do to offer these services. And I mentioned, I kept talking about helping go-kart get acquired this company that I had had been a leader at. Um, And I remember she looked at me and said, like that, that's going to be very interesting to some people, but some people are going to absolutely be turned away from that. Like you're going to, they're going to think like all you care about is helping them get acquired and I was like, oh my God, I just, you know, it was so, so core to how I thought I was going to talk about what I could do. Not because I do think everybody should get acquired, but I, I thought it was a really good, you know, credibility builder. I thought it was a good example of how I could build value into the organization and help them see it. And she just helped me see something, shout out Kate McRoberts, uh, that I didn't see and wouldn't have seen with, unless I talked to people and asked them and then gave them the opportunity to give me feedback. And then I remember talking to Ellie about it afterwards, like, oh man, I got to, I got to rethink about the way I talk about the experience that I've had. So it doesn't feel like the thing I'm going to go do to a services company or with a services company and say, here's how you're going to get acquired, because that's definitely not the, even not for everybody. The, it's not the best path in some cases. And it's definitely not for everybody, not every business, not any business needs to get acquired, but it is in some cases a, a good outcome. So I think, again, exactly what Robert said, you just have to be very thoughtful and and do some retrospectives and kind of analyze what have I heard, what is working, what isn't, and, and continue to try. Cool. You guys, this was really, really helpful. I'm sorry, Carrie wasn't able to join us today, um, um, but this was really, really good insight. Longtime listeners know that we used to have a random questions jar. Then we would ask a random question of our guests at the end of each episode to wrap up. I've moved about 12 times since we recorded last, and I don't know where the random questions jar is anymore. So I'm going to do a quick lightning round. We're improvising. Lightning round is, what's the next piece of cool merchandise now that you both have stickers? That's a great question. I think t-shirts probably for me. T-shirts? I like t-shirts. I like a nice t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. T-shirts are good. Mark? Well, I, uh, a stocking cap, I think would be, would be really good. There is one around. Is it too on brand to just make a great cardigan? So Robert, this is exactly the conversation I've, I've been having. Like some, there's some really smart branding people that I've talked to. They're like, no, you have to own gray cardigan. Like you need to show up in every meeting, like with a gray cardigan. I'm like, 
or is it too like <laughs> on the nose? Like I just I'm not sure. I'm I'm it's on the fence. But yeah, great cardigan. I could think of like, you know, maybe a, a red pullover. A red pullover would be even better. I yeah. I love that. One of my favorite brands is Yellow. Well, they just went out of business, but Yellow, the trucking company, because their logo is orange. And it's just brilliant, right? It's perfect. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I love it. Yeah. Let's go back to Kate McRoberts, though, because she was so upset that you didn't wear a gray cardigan to Mima that she mentioned it to me Yeah. the following yeah. week. And she said, I think it's a gray cardigan under a jacket so that you can't. That's, it's not. Yeah. Like... It's not. And I thought that was. I think she's just way smarter than I am. So I should probably just do what she, she says. That's like I should follow her instincts because she's, <laughs> uh, she's about as bright as they come. So yeah, great cardigans from now on. Baby. Okay. Well, it was great to talk to both of you. Thank you so much. Um, thanks for that's having all. me. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much. It was great to be here. <laughs>